You're listening to Wordslinger Podcast, episode 147, Free Writing with Adam Lieb. This episode of the Wordslinger Podcast is brought to you by draft to digital Convert your manuscript, distribute it online, and get support the whole way at DraftToDigital.com. It's the Wordslinger Podcast, where story matters. Build your brand, write your book, redefine who you are. It's all about the story here. What's yours? Now, here's the guy who invented pants optional, Kevin Tumlinson, the word slinger. Word slinger. Hey, this is Kevin Tumlinson, the word slinger, and uh, I'm happy to be. I'm happy to be here today. <laughs> uh, not that anything was going to necessarily prevent me from being here today. I wasn't dying or anything. I, um, we had some, uh, it was, a, as some of you know, we moved into a new apartment, uh, in Sugarland, Texas, Sugarland, Texas. Um, and, uh, you know, we love it. It's a, it's an amazing place. It's an amazing area. We've lived in this area before. In fact, we lived just next door to this place. Um, only a couple of years ago, just before we got on the road full time for a year. And, uh, you know, so we really enjoy the neighborhood. We're close to family. We had an incident. <laughs> so um, I believe it was uh, Wednesday night um, after Kara and I had had some dinner and uh, we were going to watch a little TV. Um, we kept noticing water on the floor and we couldn't figure out where, you know, how I, how I, because of course it has to be me, how I had managed to spill water on the floor. Uh, and then I took a step and saw water actually bubble up from under the, uh, laminate floor. <laughs> Cause you know, you have those fancy these days, laminate floors are like, they look like wood floors. Um, so water was coming up between the seams of a board, quote unquote. Um, <clears throat> so we had, um. We had to call emergency maintenance, and then all day yesterday they were here uh, cutting into the kitchen island and uh, cutting into the floor and fixing a, a very sizable crack uh, that none of us can figure out uh, <laughs> how it got there. So anyway, uh, that's been my day, uh, my week, um, and you know, it, it's been fine as far as other work, but as far as audio recording and video recording, um, I, yeah, that was out. <laughs> so I wasn't able to record this episode until today, Friday, um, which, you know, is not in, entirely unusual for me. Um, but if you've been listening uh, over the past few uh, months, I, I've really struggled. I've not struggled. I've really uh, tried to keep myself on recording in advance, at least a few days in advance, so that I could, you know, have time to produce the episode and not have to stress over getting it all done in one day. Uh, cause now with the video component, <clears throat> it's, it's actually a, a, quite a bit of a chore, uh, to get everything produced. But anyway, that's what's going on in Kevin's personal life right now. Uh, <laughs> it's fixed. Now we just got to have, um, the guys are going to come in and fix all the sheetrock, fix the floors and do some painting and, uh, a cleaning crew is going to come in. Uh, it was a whole, it's a whole big deal. It's a whole big thing. Uh, but all that said, I gotta say, I'm so grateful for the way it turned out. It just, these guys are, they were very professional. They were very, uh, courteous. They they kept things light. Um, they, you know, took great care of our stuff. They, they were careful to, without me prompting them or asking them, they were careful to put plastic over our furniture while they were working with the, uh, sheetrock and everything. Uh, they've checked back frequently. So, uh, that's a great experience. That's the kind of 
customer experience you want, um, where you know you, people people understand that you've made an investment, and they understand that you uh, you you made that investment based on the uh, the way you know the way things were presented to you, and they want to help you get it back to right. So that's um that's that's there's a lesson to be learned there. <laughs> <laughs> for us, uh, for us as authors, we should be thinking about our our readers' experience with our work. And if there is a problem, if they encounter a problem and they let us know about that problem, uh, we should treat them the same way. They made an investment. You know, maybe it was only a few bucks financially, but it was a great deal of time uh, to read our our work. And um, Further, they made an investment in uh, caring enough to reach out and tell us that they found a problem, or they found a typo, or they had trouble downloading the book. There, you know, there's there's all kinds of things uh, that could go wrong in the in the uh, the the writer to reader uh, spectrum. Um, and uh, I think it's up to us to to you know care enough about our readers and about our work to do our best and to to uh, take care of things. So that's it. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even necessarily start this off wanting to make it a life lesson, but, you know, everything can be a learning moment. Now, today I'm talking to Adam Lieb. Uh, Adam Lieb, is, he's the co-founder of Astro House, and uh, if you haven't heard of this, uh, they are the guys who make that really cool retro-looking typewriter. It's uh, it's like the ultimate typewriter. Uh, it's it's a uh, it's like a word processor kind of thing. It's a it's a all in one. You know you can carry it with you instead of a laptop. It has some limited Wi-Fi access so that it can upload your stuff to like Dropbox or whatever. Um, but it's just a writing tool, and it's a completely self-contained writing tool. And it looks cool. Uh, what's funny about this is uh, <laughs> one of the founders of Draft Digital is an author, um, and he. Uh, <laughs> I let him try this out for a couple of weeks. Uh, Aaron Pogue, by the way, if you want to go check out his books, please do go go buy his books. Uh, but I let him check this thing out for a week or two, and uh, he liked it. He really did like it, uh, except he didn't like how much attention he got when he would use it in public. <laughs> so it kind of, you know, the, he didn't he didn't like the fact that people kept coming up to him and asking him about it and asking him what it was and that sort of thing. Too too showy for him. So <laughs> now I don't have that issue. I will I I want to make my stuff look cool so that when I'm out, people do talk to me because I can sell them books. Uh, but also I you know uh, anything but the writing, right? <laughs> so anyway. Um, anyway, uh, that's neither here nor there. I'm sure Adam, if you're listening, I'm sorry, I went off on a tangent there, but we're going to talk to Adam about, uh, about the free write and about, uh, the business about, uh, you know, you're going to, there's some insights here you're going to really enjoy. Uh, so stay tuned for that. <clears throat> and of course, stick around after, uh, I've had some people tell me they, they are enjoying the news segments. Um, and, uh, I'm putting some. I'm going to put some thought into that. Uh, the news segments are some, are kind of relatively new. Actually, added I added them uh, mostly for the video uh, version of the podcast, uh, and then just sort of rolled them over into the audio version. So uh, we'll we'll see. I I uh, we'll see what happens with that. But if you're enjoying that, if there's anything about the show that you really like, a uh, feature that you really like, let me know. Uh, go to wordslingerpodcast.com. Hit contact. 
and uh, let me know. Uh, you can also, of course, request features. I I reserve the right to say no, uh, but because <laughs> you know this already takes enough work. <laughs> so anyway, uh, hope you're enjoying it and uh, stick around. Listen to this uh, this uh, interview with Adam Lee. Stick around afterwards for some news and other stuff, and uh, I'll see you on the other side. Hey everybody, uh, you know I occasionally I, I like to reach out to folks who are doing something kind of cool and, incre- and incredible. Um, and uh, you've, if you've listened for a while, you know that's true. Uh, today, I'm actually talking to Adam Leaf. He's the co-founder of Astro House. And that may sound familiar to you, especially if you've been kind of tooling around the internet. And we authors, we do that. Um, they're the makers of the free write. And if you don't know what that is, we're going to get into the, some details on that thing. But it is probably one of the coolest looking little words. I don't know if you how do you classify this, Adam? Is it a word processor? Is it a, a just a writing tool? What, what do you want to call it? Well, we struggle that, with that ourselves, but we call it a smart typewriter, or probably the best wor- words for it are distraction-free writing tool. Okay. I will go with your your marketing slang for it. <laughs> it is kind of a, it's got a, a very sort of vintage typewriter look, which is what uh, I think attracts a lot of us. Um, very focused writing environment kind of thing. And that's, that's, that's becoming increasingly important these days. Uh, I literally just posted for Drafted Digital's blog this morning. Uh, it'll go live probably uh, in a couple of days, but uh, a whole article about writing mobile, uh, writing from anywhere. Uh, and I'm using my phone now for, for that sort of thing. But there are a lot of distractions that come with that. So you guys have this very cool very well-crafted uh, tool. I haven't gotten to lay my hands on one uh, personally yet. I've seen them in the wild, though. So I'm very impressed by this thing, man. What, what was sort of the impetus behind uh, the creation of the pre-write? Thanks. I appreciate it. Actually, I, I brought one as well. So I'll just do oh, a cool. quick, quick close-up. Yeah. Uh, For the listeners, I'll, I'll just – you're just going to have to look at the post. <laughs> yeah. It helps to see it because every time I try to explain it to people without them having any kind of visual reference, it's very confusing. Um, but once you see it, it kind of comes together very quickly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the idea is that we sort of um, ha- had this vision for uh, a distraction-free writing tool based off of really the modern distraction-free writing software that that authors are using. So. Right you can kind of look at the free ride and think, well, you know, are we trying to just make, you know, catch onto this nostalgia of typewriters, but really it was, it was trying to take this really simplistic distraction free software experience that writers are loving and then matching that with some modern um, hardware that is just better for writing like a e-ink screen and the, the mechanical keyboard, which, you know, these are the things that people are, are staring at and, and using. So why not give, give writers the best possible, you know, hardware experience. Yeah, um, there's a there's a popular trend right now. I, I see these a lot, at, especially at conferences. Um, writers who are using, I don't know, I don't, I don't think this is a competitor because I don't think they make this thing anymore. The uh, the Neo Alpha Smart, a little portable keyboard. Um, yeah. Which is an interesting idea, except it's basically just a keyboard with a really large buffer. <laughs> right. But you guys have some functionality and storage built into your device, though. Yeah, look, you know, it's not really a competitor. I mean, I I didn't think so. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, first of all, the company's not in business. So, you know, we're dealing with uh, old stock, used stock. And and I think 
you know, we, it's funny because when we first launched the product, or really it was a project before it was a product and people are like, Oh, have you heard of these things? And it's like, yeah, we did our research, but you know, those, the alpha smart was really designed for the school setting and yeah. it had a completely different set of needs than the modern writer. And, and, you know, that product did, did well for them for a long time, but they didn't, they didn't even really try to, to kind of keep up to date, you know, the, the latest operating system on a, on an alpha smart is a palm, you know, palm pilot basically. Right. So, you know, it's really hard to try and get a modern, you know, person that's used to, you know, iOS or Android to be using palm. Right. Uh, you know, it's just, there's, there's too much of a leap there. And so, you know, again, like it, it's fine, you know, and, and you can get them for really cheap on the secondhand market um, for people that are really serious and want to, um, you know, have some of these modern conveniences, like having things sync to the cloud, um, which you can't do with an alpha smart. That's, you know, kind of where the free ride fits in. And of course the keyboard is completely different. And I think that's, that's one thing that I, that our customers, I think, you know, truly love. I mean, it's just a very different typing experience with having full size keys and the mechanical keyboard, the key right. switch. Um, that, that's a big, that's a big difference. I mean, it does take me back to, you know, the early days for me as a writer. And, uh, you know, I, le I mean, I learned to type on an IBM Selectric, one of those big blue electric typewriters, um, which were much more, uh, much meatier, you know, <laughs> much hardier. Uh, and uh, then there were the mechanical keyboards, you know, the beige box mechanical keyboards and that sort of thing. Not so much nostalgia uh, there, but, you know, what you guys have built is kind of cool. It's, there's a, you know, there's this thing about writers, um, you know, we want to be efficient, but we also want to look cool doing it. And I think <laughs> you guys are kind of tapping into that with this, this sort of nostalgia feel of it. What, so, you're, but you're saying that that was almost a, a side effect of it then. Or was yeah. It? The design kind of came full circle. I think that we obviously were influenced by the aesthetics of a typewriter. Um, but we also tried to have some discipline in terms of not including things that would have just been like bells and whistles or, yeah. you know, some kind of like skeuomorphism for uh, typewriters. Like we don't have the carriage return bell or, or that kind of like lever type of thing because there, there's just no need for it, you know, in a modern writing system. Right. Uh, so we, it, it's kind of like this blend where I call it like retro futuristic. It takes some of this, uh, design language from typewriters, but also sort of blends it with modern times. And it's hard to really place the design. And, uh, you know, it's funny because a lot of our customers, you know, they like writing in, in coffee shops, but they find it challenging because people will constantly ask them what it is. I would, I would uh, imagine that's true. <laughs> yeah, maybe we uh, shot ourselves in the foot on that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would, I would definitely imagine that's true. Cause, uh, I remember actually when the uh, the iPad first came out, and I had a, uh, a, a unique case that that allowed me to. It had a, a keyboard and everything built into it, and it was unique right. at the time. And uh, I was getting very little writing done. <laughs> right, 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 right. right. Yeah, that makes sense. So uh, okay, so you, and I like so it's an e-ink display, which I find kind of interesting um, because I didn't think that that could update and refresh. Uh, quickly enough for that kind of writing but you guys have clearly figured that out was there a, what were some of the what were some of the technical challenges of this thing yeah the e-ink display has a lot of technical challenges i mean there's a reason 
that you don't see them um, in so many different types of products. And it's funny because when we had launched the Kickstarter, um, we had kind of gone into this thing. You know, first of all, we're not writers, uh, admittedly. Um, I'm a mechanical engineer. Both my partner and I, neither of us are electrical engineers. So, right. you know, beyond the, um, the design for writing purposes, we also had to figure out you know, how are we going to make this thing? And so the e-ink definitely brought a big challenge. It's, uh, e-ink is actually the company. It's not even the technology. It's a, it's, it's a company that invented this technology and they sort of have all of the patents around it. So if you want this type of technology illegally, then you, you have to go through them. And they have a reputation of being, um, you know, historically not that easy to work with, especially for small people. They just, they just don't work with small companies. You know, we were hearing that you had to order a million units at a time. And so <laughs> we're not quite there and we definitely weren't you know, that confident at the beginning. So, and, and, and along with that, you know, just working with it, um, there's a lot of technical challenges to get it to work. It's not, it's obviously not as prevalent as traditional LCD technology. And so, you know, there's a much limited, much more limited ecosystem for it to make, to make it work and, and control it. But, you know, we did the thing, we did, we did it the right way. You know, we use a similar controller that um, is tried and true in the ebook market and um, we're able to get really good refresh rates. And, you know, some people you know, are concerned about whether the refresh rate is fast enough, but I think it really fits in again into this writing methodology where you're supposed to be drafting. And, you know, a lot of people, a lot of reviewers have commented on this, that you sort of just kind of just ignore it. um, And you just keep writing and actually works out pretty well. And I think it also is part of the reason why we haven't done a full blown editor um, on the, on the machine, because it's not the best for trying trying to replicate a PC or, you know, having a full PC experience or Mac experience where, you know, you're trying to drag things around and, and make quick changes and go up and down. And um, that's ch- definitely challenging for eating. So, you know, we wanted to try and match the use case with what the actual product can do. Right. Right. And I think it, I think it works, you know, it's, it's, it's such a great technology. I mean, you can write outside. I mean, Part of the reason that this thing even exists is that both my partner and my business partner and I are sort of obsessed with the Kindle. Okay. It's just, it's so great. We love those things. Um, You can take a huge fat stack of books with you on something that's, you know, a quarter of an inch thick or, you know, a centimeter thick and um, it's so great to read on. And so I think we, we really appreciated the technology just from what the Kindle has done with it and thought it would be, you know, a great place to, you know, to try it again and put that technology into to a writing tool. Yeah, it's interesting because it's, uh, it's like, it, it, it's like the, the Kindle is the back end. And what you guys have built is the front end of that right. whole process. <laughs> yeah, the Kindle is like, you know, they, it's an e-reader. So we kind of joke around. It's like, oh, well, you know, ours is an e-writer. Yeah. yeah. I'm surprised that that term doesn't get bandied about more yeah, it hasn't, it hasn't on yet yes. <laughs> well, well, well we'll work on that man everybody right. listening right now it's an e-writer um you were looking for the language now i i don't know man i kind of like the uh what it's what kind of type it's a what kind of typewriter 
Smart typewriter? Smart typewriter? Is that what yeah. you, how you refer to yeah. it? Okay. I don't, you know, it's like, I have such a hard time with it because... I like that, actually. Yeah, see, I, I think it connects well with people. I just don't like calling it a typewriter because people have very strong feelings, positive or negative, about it. Um, one, one interesting thing is that we found, uh, sort of surprisingly, that, that younger folks actually connect better. And... Um, sort of like in the millennials generation. Right. They've never seen, you know, they've never really had an experience with a typewriter, whereas people that grew up using typewriters sort of hate them and remember the clunky experiences that they had. And so, right. you know, constantly sort of battling this thing, but, um, you know, whatever works. You know, you got, you got to, you got to produce for the crowd that's coming in, not the crowd that's going out, man. <laughs> so, all right. What's really curious to me, uh, you mentioned this briefly, um, you had said that, you know, you're not a writer, your partner's not a writer. Uh, I find that fascinating. So why a, why a smart typewriter then? Why a, why a writing tool? What made you decide that this is the product we're going to put ourselves behind? It's a good question. So I think we're both, the things that we do have in common and that we we try to use to to the you know, as much as possible is sort of, we both have a real um, passion for sort of process and being productive. And, you know, I say we're both not writers, but in all honesty, Patrick, my business partner, he um, write, used to write a lot of essays. So he's not a professional writer, but he appreciated the writing experience and, and really enjoyed writing. And so this whole thing got started because of a conversation about distraction-free writing software that he was using and explaining to me, and me being the, um, the the Dodo engineer, sort of was kind of flabbergasted that this was even a thing. And so, but it makes it makes complete sense to me because you know the more I got into it, well, first of all, I understand that people need to create an environment for success, whatever you're doing. You know, if you are working in some kind of workshop, you want to make sure that your space is clean and you want to have good lighting and all these things. You know, if you're a writer, and, and we've heard this from every writer we've ever talked to, is that you have to have some sort of environment that helps you focus. And, you know, every writer has their own sort of process. And I think that's something that I've, I've started to understand talking to a lot of writers is that every writer has a way for them to get focused, whether they have a specific type of coffee that they drink or they write in a closet or they write, you know, on an old word, you know, DOS machine with WordStar like George R. R. Martin. I was gonna bring him up, yeah. I just mentioned him today. <laughs> right, everybody, everybody has their thing. And I, you know, and it, and it makes good sense too because I think, you know, and I, even though I'm not a writer, I can appreciate this, this idea that, you know, the crux of the problem with writing is that it's sort of getting into that world that you're trying to create and staying there, especially for creative writing. But even for nonfiction writing, I think, you know, that's, it's, it's still a huge problem. It's not so much, you know, the grammar and finding the right word, you know, all that stuff can kind of be massaged out later, but the actual storytelling, that's, that really depends on being focused and, and, and being really, um, in that world that you're creating. And so it, it just, all that kind of stuff just kind of made sense to me. And I thought, you know, here we had this idea, we came up with it, you know, in one conversation, I could kind of, I could visualize what it would look like. And I thought it was interesting enough and timely enough 
that people would be interested. And that, that was really as much as it was. And, you know, there were some other like life things that were going on that just made sense for me to work on it, for us to work on it. Um, those always are really important, just the timing of when these things come about. But um, honestly, as soon as we put the prototype together and we did that very quickly, people started going pretty crazy. So we yeah. didn't have a lot of time to even think about, well, should we keep working on this? Because people were just kind of hammering our inbox. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, the the setup of this thing is you use this for the writing and then you would do your editing and everything else, uh, I guess on a, a laptop or whatever. Right. Um, so that it kind of necessitates having both. I mean, so as far as like the price point goes, like do you, do you guys, um, there to, a lot of will be authors, which is what I call people will getting into this, this game. Uh, uh you know, they have limited budgets. So, <laughs> uh, so I, I kind of wanted to talk about like how you met, how you came to the price point here. Well, I'm trying to kind of skirt around it because I don't want to imply that it's so expensive. It's just not worth it. I want to imply that it's a, it is an investment. Um, and I think it's a good investment if, if you need the focused writing, but in, uh, in light of the fact that you also need a computer to do the editing, I'm just wondering how you guys came to that. Yeah, no, no worries. I I stopped getting <laughs> talking about price a long time ago. <laughs> it's touchy, man. You don't. You just. I don't. I never know how to bring up price when I'm talking to people. So. Yeah, no, it's fine. Yeah. I think you know, it's it's it is um, it's a real thing, and you know, people have budgets, and I understand that. You know, I think it, it's really very simple, and it's people think we have much more nefarious plans, you know, and like gouging customers or some crazy yeah. thing. Like um, we have a cost of goods sold. You know, we have like a bill of materials that have a specific cost. Uh -huh. And we um, basically try to make some margin on that. <laughs> and, and, and do that in a way that doesn't make people totally off put from the product because typically, uh, consumer electronics are typically priced four times is sort of a rough metric of how much it costs to build. Right. And so I'll tell you that we're not even, we're not even there. So, you know, from a, a metric standpoint, we are underpricing it, but you know, again, we're selling, we're selling direct. So, right. you know, that's basically the only reason that we've been able to price it at where it is. We made we definitely made some decisions with this product to try and keep things, you know, as high quality as possible. I mean, it's all name brand components. You know, we there's definitely there's ways to bring the price down, and we certainly thought about it, and we want to uh, maybe do that in a future iteration. But it's not going to be for this product. It's right. going to be for something else that fills a similar need, if that makes sense. Right. No, I, I, that makes perfect sense, man. I've worked, I've worked in this industry for a while. I, I know where you're coming from. <laughs> and, yeah, and, and look, I think, um, you know, we're never, we, it's sort of a safe assumption that every writer already has some sort of computer, you know, it's a tablet or a yeah. laptop or a desktop. And so we're not trying to uh, say like, oh, you need to get rid of your laptop or, you know, this should be your next laptop purchase, right? Right, um, right. You know, similarly, I think you know, a lot of writers do buy iPads for their writing practice and yeah. 
on cheap either. So yeah, it's interesting because they'll pay pretty a, a pretty hefty price tag for the iPad, and then they'll turn off all, all the features right. <laughs> so that they can do the right. focused writing. <laughs> right. Right. Or how, how many people are buying you know two thousand dollar laptops just to go on Facebook? Which right, exactly. is fine. I think, you know, everyone should do their own thing. Um, you know, our, our pricing is really just based on the cost of the, the product and, um, you know, trying to be reasonable. I think, uh, you know, the, the most important thing for us is that it's useful enough for people that buy it and that it actually does its job. And so, you know, if, if I could figure out a way for it to be four times as useful and only twice as expensive, I probably would make that product, but I don't know, I don't even know what I would do. Yeah. So, you know, I think for us, people have written millions of words on these things. And if, if, if a writer actually does incorporate it into their practice and are seeing sort of the productivity gains, then it's, you know, it's well worth it for them. So, you know, it's just, it's just a balance there. And I hope that, um, you know, people, people give it a shot, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Um, who, in, if you can't answer this, I understand. Okay. So who's the most famous user you have for the product? <laughs> I don't Bearing in mind that I haven't started using it yet. That's, a, that's, we'll start from yes. there. Yes. Um, <laughs> we're waiting for you to receive you the free ride. Um, we've had some pretty famous people. I'll actually, um, it's a good question. <laughs> man you should know this this is this is marketing 101 man you know yeah i don't know you yeah. see i'm not sure who I, I i don't know if i should really talk about it i mean there are some definitely some there are some very a-list people yeah um, uh yeah i don't know all right well i'm not gonna push you on it <laughs> I'd, say, I'd say look look on twitter you know look i mean twitter. yeah i mean Dana hashtag Dana Schwartz, who um, is the guy in your MFA hash, uh, Twitter, which is yeah. a very funny Twitter account. Uh, mm -hmm. She bought one and, and loves it and has tweeted about it quite a bit. Um, I, you know, I, I, I go to a lot of conferences, and I, so I get a chance to meet a lot of authors uh, from all over the world. And yeah. I'm starting to see this thing show up. You know, uh, it, it's it's slowly creeping in, like it's entering cool. the ecosystem. Uh, so, and I think I think rightly so, because um, there is this. It's it's part of it is I think the nostalgia of it. There's a yeah. nostalgic feel to it, um, and a lot of us became writers because we you know connected with that that vibe, right? Um, the focused writing aspect of it, I think is helpful, but I, I kind of wonder, like, do you hear from people like that? Is that the primary reason people buy it or is it, is it something else? I don't, it's hard to say, uh, I don't know. I, th I think it's a mix, right? I think there's people that, that are very aspirational and, you know, they've had that book on their mind and right. this might be the tool for them. You know, but those aren't really, those are obviously like, most of the time, those aren't going to be like our best customers because, right. you know, you still have to have motivation, right? You know, I think uh, then there are a lot of folks that sort of already have some type of distraction-free elements into their writing process. And I think those are really the people that, that take to it really well. You know, whether they, you know, a lot of writers will write longhand first and then edit on the computer or they'll 
um, maybe right on their tablet or so. they, they have already some sort of separation between the mm -hmm. drafting and editing process. And um, that is, a, that's, it's actually a lot of people. And, and those people I think are finding it very useful just because you know, if, if you wanted to write on a typewriter, a lot of people we talk to just don't do it because they know they're going to have to retype it later. Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, for those people, this is like a perfect thing, you know, yeah. they don't have to retype it. It's literally just sitting in Dropbox. That, that's, that's what I'm thinking, man. I mean, and what, what format does it save it in? It, it saves as a docx so which really is cool. yeah so it you it's already set up for markdown and i'm not sure yeah. if you markdown um, yeah yeah so you know even even dummies like me i can just put like stars around words and they'll be italicized and they'll be saved fully formatted in a docx so that i can open it in word and it's there and okay. and, and same thing if you if you sync it to google drive um, it's, it's saved fully formatted as well. So it's pretty fast. I mean, you know, once, once you have this process in, I mean, you can, yeah. you can have a fully formatted document and it's, it's honestly, if you learn how to use it, it's, it's a lot faster than, than doing. There's there's that, I'm telling you, man, there's this line, like the, you're, you're on one side or the other. You're either on the side where you're like, markdown's a cool way to do formatting. And then you're, yeah. there's the other side. It's like, torches and pitchforks because <laughs> 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 uh, i interviewed the uh one of the founders of ulysses which is a writing oh, app and they they rely heavily on uh markdown and uh it just annoys some people and it's just the way it is but so but let me ask you this is it are there do would i be able to use like shortcut keys like if i wanted to italicize could i hit you know control i or something and and, and shortcut it, or do I have to actually type in the asterisk and that sort of thing? You have to type in the asterisk, okay. because it actually, so on the free write itself, it doesn't show it rendered, if that makes sense. Right. You know, it's just gonna show the plain text with the asterisk. And, um, you know, we've talked about doing some like render, you know, there's like a preview key or something, but it's something that we've talked about and literally no, not a single person has asked for, so. Yeah. That's usually a good sign of us not wasting our time. <laughs> right. Um, right. That's you know, cool, people, man. Yeah, it's, I, I think, you know, with Mark, I, I don't actually get into any arguments with people about Markdown because I don't talk about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but, you know, my opinion is, like, Markdown seems so deep and sort of daunting if you start reading all the documentation. But even if you just know how to italicize, bold, and heading, like, just the really, really basics. Right gets you 95 percent that, that is um all i ever did i mean i there's a there you can you can go all kinds of directions with it but i all i ever did was the basic formatting stuff and it worked out pretty well for me so yeah uh, i don't use it now because I, I use a completely different um app but uh if i start playing around with this thing i'm, I'm sure it'll all come back to me it's, it, it's pretty standardized right yeah, it's it's really simple. I mean, you almost don't even have to think about it. You know, you use a hashtag to make a heading, you use a dot or you know, a star on a new line to do a list. I mean, it's it's sort of like if you imagine how would you have written this, you know, it's yeah. pretty pretty much there. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I can get behind that. Um I we'll see. We'll see what how many uh, emails I get because <laughs> people like to be very vocal about this stuff. What, what do they say? They say that you shouldn't. It shouldn't. 
exist or something? There, I have literally gotten people forward me the same like three articles that are floating around online all the time to tell me. Um, one of them is titled uh, Markdown Should Not Exist and Here's Why. Uh, another one, I mean, there's, they're all everyone's galvanized everyone wants to be galvanized over it. wow okay whatever man I and mean, we <laughs> you don't have to use the the very cool uh smart typewriter if you can't stand markdown what i would say though is just use it to get your writing down without any formatting because the the formatting is kind of a distraction on its own as well so i would say just concentrate on doing the writing and then you can come back and do formatting after the fact like Absolutely. why do you you know yeah. we, go ahead i'm sorry we, we don't, we actually don't even really tell people that, like, there's no option to, to have it do markdown formatting. So it's really just for people that know that it exists. Which Excellent. Is not people. Um, and so, you know, most, I, I bet most, most of our customers, I don't, I don't have any data on this, but I would, I would say that most of them don't use any form markdown. Yeah. Yeah. What about things like uh, scene breaks? Would do you just put like the three asterisks in there, or would that screw screw around with the uh, markdown? Can you do that? I don't know. Okay. Don't know. I mean, we <laughs> use the a specific uh, you know markdown parser, so yeah. it's working in most other markdown situations. It's probably going to work on ours. Right. But there's the, the markdown formatting language is getting pretty long. Yeah. I haven't honestly kept up with every single one, <laughs> but you're, but it works, whatever. I it mean, works. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I, I'm really impressed that it, that it, uh, exports as a, a docx uh, file because that makes it, um, it basically makes it, it, it accessible to just about any word processing software out there. Um, including by the way, uh, I'm going to plug my company now because draft digital will take that docx file and convert it to an ebook. So you could actually, if you didn't have a bunch of fancy formatting that you needed to do, you could actually just spit that that right out into a uh, a book. <laughs> if yeah, you to. <laughs> and, and it also it'll also save. Uh, you can export it as a text file, um, and we also have sort of a secondary option where there's a send button on the keyboard, and if you click the send button, it will send the document that you're currently working on as a text and a PDF to your inbox. Oh, very so, cool easy way to kind of just like get the document out um, yeah, yeah. you don't want to dig through Dropbox or you know you're on your phone or something like that or you want to yeah. board so it, it syncs with Dropbox and Google Drive does it sync with any other cloud services and Evernote Evernote yeah, yeah. I'm, I kind of miss Evernote sometimes I haven't I, I kind of migrated away from Evernote but that was my go-to everything software for a long time yeah I, you know I <laughs> I, I love Evernote, but I, I'm sort of a late adopter on it. And I think part of the reason was that I think it could do, it did too much. And I sort of was always a little nervous about it. And then once I realized that I could just use it for note taking and nothing else, then I started using it, um, which is funny. Right, right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's fine. <laughs> so not necessarily an Evernote endorsement, but at least we know. You guys work with it. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Some people love it. So you know, it's a good, it's a good way to organize stuff. You know, whereas you know, Dropbox, um, you know, it's not really meant for a lot of docu. Like, you know, obviously it'll store all your documents, but it's not meant to like organize thoughts or something like that. Right. Yeah. So um, there are. Well, okay. I, 
I'm kind of, I'm just sort of all around impressed by the product because I, and I'm a geek. I mean, uh, I like toys. So uh, every time something new comes out, I want to try it and play with it. I've, I've seen this floating around for quite a while now though. How, what, when did you guys uh, first release? So the Kickstarter was almost exactly three years ago. Oh, okay. All right. And it, Seems it didn't, it didn't exist much before that. It really only existed for, um, basically since October. So it was like two months, um, you know, lead up into the Kickstarter. We, we got, we got things going pretty quickly because we wanted to just, we got a lot of buzz and wanted to, you know, see what we could do with it. So yeah. we, we didn't have a long gestation period. It was pretty much as soon as we put the prototype online and people started getting interested, we try to get our act together to launch the Kickstarter. And then here we are three years later. Right, right. So uh, what's what's kind of on the board coming up? Or you may not be able to share this, I'm, and that's cool too. Uh, but, you know, you got some interesting ideas uh, going forward, uh, maybe new development yeah. for it? Yeah, I mean, we're constantly sort of working on it. Um, so we actually just announced that we have launched our second generation free ride. Mm -hmm. And so um, we'd actually been kind of quietly selling them as just part of the free ride sales. Um, yeah. for the last couple months. And uh, the big changes are that we've sort of doubled the, the real, real life um, battery life, oh. real, real time battery life. So um, the battery is much larger and we've also done some improvements on the, the energy draw of the keyboard. So, you know, the first generation, you know, it, it works great, but we didn't get the battery life that we were really hoping for. Um, right. So we put a bigger battery in there. We did some other optimizations and now it's about two times the original. And that's for like real working conditions, which is really great. Um, so we're calling it our second gen product. Everything mechanically is the same. Um, it still works, you know, with Postbox, which is our backend software, which we, we haven't talked about, but that's sort of like our own cloud service that, um, so I think of it like uh, an archive of your documents and also manages your device. Um, and so we've, we've done that. Uh, we have some pretty, we're going to have a pretty interesting announcement, uh, coming out, I think in the next, the next week or two. And, uh, yeah, we've got, we've got a bunch of things on the horizon that we're pretty excited about. Very um, cool. Very cool. Hardware side. I'll say one more thing on the software. We've been working for, for quite a while on the, on a new firmware update. So we do send out firmware updates over the air, which is pretty cool. And um, we have a new firmware update coming out that will, you know, just make everything more robust and add some features. And um, that's sort of been a, a while coming. It's always a major process to send out a firmware update. Um, we need to make sure everything works and documents are syncing and people are super happy. So, um, but we're, we're, we're on pace for that. Um, and that's, that'll work for, all the free rides. So not just the new ones, it'll work for the old ones as well. Very cool. Yeah. All right, cool, man. I'll be on the lookout. Um, where can people find uh, you and uh, your stuff? I mean, where can people find out more about the free ride? So free ride is at getfreeride.com and all the information is there. We obviously sell uh, the new second generation free ride. We have some accessories. Uh, we just um, ran a big promo for Cyber Monday and, and Black Friday. Um, we might be doing, we'll probably be doing some more stuff over the holidays. Um, that went really well. Um, we sell some, some additional keycaps as well. So we are seeing a lot of international orders, 
these days, which is really cool. Um, but you can get French, German, and Spanish keycaps um, from our website. And um, we also have black keycaps. So we have a few different customization options. And then um, our corporate website is astrohouse.com as well. Excellent. All right. And of course, everybody can find links to all of that in the show notes. Uh, make sure you pull over and safely browse your phone uh, or however you're listening to the show. Uh, don't do that and drive, we ask. So, uh, all right, Adam, man, I appreciate it. And uh, I, thanks so much for being on the show and taking the time, man. I'm looking forward to playing with this thing. Awesome. Thanks so much, Kevin. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you'll get a hands-on pretty soon. All right. Well, you hang out, and uh, everybody else, you are probably hearing the groovy. We'll see you on the other side with some groovy updates. Otherwise, I'll see you all. Isn't it kind of cool how I always know that that groovy theme music is playing? (laughs) And do you dance in place at will? I hope you do. Uh, The world needs more dancing. So, all right. We're on the other side, and I hope you enjoyed that interview. Uh, now, uh, there was a mention of getting $50 off if you are if you are interested. I don't have specific details, so what I've been telling people to do is uh, go to uh, getfreeright.com, hit their contact button, and say, I heard you on Kevin Tumlinson's Word Slinger podcast, and you mentioned $50 off of a free write. And this is a limited time, and we are talking to you right now, April 20th, 2018. I'm going to say you could probably get this deal for about 30 days, which means if it's past May 20th, 2018, you're probably not going to get it. Uh, but if you hit them up, um, I think there's a, a, a fair chance. <laughs> if not, let me know, and uh, we'll talk to Adam, and we'll see what happens. But um, <clears throat> go over, hop over, and uh, check them out. Let them know you heard them on the show. And, uh, and see if you can uh, get your $50 off on your free write. It is a very cool little device. I, I played with it. I liked it. Um, I think I just prefer the digital stuff a little, a little better. But it was, um, it, was, it was fun to play with it. I actually, no, let me, do, let me put it this way. I like the mechanical keyboard. I love that whole thing. Um, but for me, I, I, I write on my iPad now um, almost exclusively unless I'm... I, I, I use um, <clears throat> I use the iPad, but I when I'm in the, when I'm in my home office, I do a lot of writing on my uh, laptop. But I actually don't do uh, my fiction writing on the laptop, even in my home office. I use my iPad and the uh, smart keyboard for the uh, iPad Pro, um, and that's how I do my writing. But I would love to have like a mechanical keyboard. And I can get one. I can get a Bluetooth mechanical keyboard or something. But I want it to be all retro cool. You know, so uh, anyway, um, the free write is awesome. I, I did I did like it, uh, and uh, I did play around with it for a while. So, if for a focused writing tool, I do recommend it. It's kind of, it's very cool, very very cool. And if you like to get some attention when you're out writing, <laughs> uh, pick it up. <clears throat> now, um, we're we're gonna hop into the news uh, segment here. Um, some really cool industry news uh, this week. Uh, and not all of it is directly indie related, but uh, it was, some of it is sort of indie related uh, at a glance. So let's let's take a look at that. And first up is um, uh, Jeff Bezos reveals Amazon Prime has 100 million members. 100 million 
subscribers to Amazon Prime. Uh, in Amazon's annual shareholder letter, uh, CEO Jeff Bezos gave the typical call for the company to live up to ever-rising customer expectations, uh, in quotes, and touting Amazon's high standards at every level. Um, that might be a little debatable, uh, but the letter also contained some interesting news in the form of information that all the world has wondered about, at least at one time or another. Uh, just how many subscribers does Amazon Prime actually have? And the number, as it turns out, is 100 million, meaning Amazon not only makes around $9.9 billion per year just on the subscription to that service, on subscriptions alone, because <laughs> it's a minimum $99 per year subscription, uh, and can go up to like $150 a year. Um, if you pay monthly, not only does that mean that Amazon is making $9.9 billion with a B per year, uh, they're also making some heavy cheddar from the, uh, from the hundreds of millions of customers who are pre-vetted, pre-screened, uh, primed, if you will, to buy and who are using the service to make purchases. Um, I use the service. I, I pay $99 a year. I have for, uh, since it, since it emerged, uh, way back I think it came out in like 2011, um, I went in and bought it. Actually, what was cool was I, I paid the $89 for it and was able to order the, uh, the underlayment for my floor when I was putting a floor in our home, uh, for much cheaper than it was, was to buy it in like Lowe's or something like that. And because of the Amazon Prime, I got free shipping. So I had hundreds of these boxes of underlayment show up at my home. Uh, and I basically spent about a third of what I would spend buying it full retail. And uh, so it saved me money there. Now, that's my story. That's one of my stories. And I also use Amazon Prime for Amazon Video, for uh, other subscription services that are tied in with it. But uh, for authors, uh, there is a sort of, it's very much like Kindle Unlimited in, in some respects. You, you can get a, a download a, uh, a certain number of books for free through Amazon Prime. Um, and that's, that's handy. I mean, that's, you know, not a typical use of the service and i was kind of thinking and even sort of hoping that they would merge ku with amazon prime you'd get full access and uh that that would be benefic beneficial to authors participating in the kindle unlimited program kdp select um but you know this number of 100 million is just astounding and it what's interesting is that it's the first time that bezos has actually come out and uh, admitted numbers like this amazon loves to control their data any data coming in, any data going out, they like to have their hands all over it because they realize that data is the commodity. Um, data is what they sell. If you really get down to it, <laughs> Amazon is a data company. Um, they sell product and they make money from those products, uh, but they use the sale of those products to fine tune their algorithms, to fine tune their data gathering and management and which allows them to make even more money. So uh, Amazon's a smart company. So all I can do, I don't know what any of this means. I don't know what to do with this knowledge now that I have it. But I'm impressed, Jeff. Slow clap for you, sir. Slow clap for you. All right. Um, now, moving on, and that is not the last time we will hear about Amazon in today's news. Uh, we hear about Amazon often in the news, <laughs> especially in the publishing world. Um Ally is betting on blockchain. Now, 
If you've followed news about Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency, then you may have some vague knowledge of what Bitcoin and cryptocurrency mean. <laughs> you might also have heard of blockchain. Okay, um, this is going to be a rough one, folks, because I'm going to admit I have not dug in deep enough to have an innate understanding of, of uh, cryptocurrency or blockchain. I do get the concept. Um, it hasn't had it hasn't held my interest enough until now, uh, but I do find it this idea intriguing. So Ally is uh, embracing this, and essentially, um, all right, the idea, in the simplest terms I can think of, is uh, that blockchain is is sort of a digital ledger. Uh, for transactions made with cryptocurrency. And uh, where this is going to be handy for you is that it, it shifts the way we deal with intellectual property and digital property online so that it becomes much more like physical property in a way. <clears throat> and uh, the example I can give you, and I think I've got this right, if you know more about this and you, and you hear flaws in my logic here, Feel free to reach out and correct me because we can learn together. Here's how I see it, and here's how I think it's going to work for us. Um, one of the ways, um, a, a, if you have, a, if you're using um, blockchain uh, for basically, it helps you own the digital fingerprint of your book, ebook, for example. Uh, treats it much more like a physical book. So if someone buys your book. Through Amazon, through your direct sales on your website, through anyone, um, it there's information encrypted in it that identifies it as this book was sold to person X uh, from person Y for X amount of dollars, whatever. You own it; it's yours if you purchase it. Um, but I now I could take that book and I can read it, and then I could resell that book if I chose to. But I would not be able to hold on to a copy of that book. Um, so it makes it much more like a physical book that way. Without going to some, some extremes, I would not be able to hold on to a copy of the book and then resell it, which means I couldn't resell another copy. And if I do somehow manage to do that, this, this information is embedded in there. It would alert, the, uh, it would alert you that this is happening. Um, that's my understanding of that. Now... And I know there's gaps in that. I didn't go into greater detail. I'm still learning about this myself. But uh, where Ally is coming in, they've, they've published a white paper, which you can download. If you go to uh, uh, wordslingerpodcast.com, you look at the notes. <clears throat> Sorry for this episode. Um, you'll find a link. It's bit.ly bit slash 147-blockchain. That will take you to the story for this. Um, and you can get the white paper from that link as well, I believe. But uh, Ally is calling this self-publishing 3.0, and they're they're looking at this as a way for authors to to completely own the full chain of uh, of their book, of their intellectual property, uh, so that the ownership, the income, the revenue, the royalties, everything starts with the author, rather than starting with a giant like Amazon or elsewhere. And uh, that's that could be good news for indie authors. It could be one of the more empowering movements uh, that we've encountered since self-publishing started becoming such a, a juggernaut in the publishing industry. Um, so I'm I'm going to be watching this. I think 
I'm going to learn more about this now that now that I've got a reason to. I'm going <laughs> other than the vague promise of riches. Uh, I'm going to start paying much more attention to this because I want to know how this works. So we'll learn together. As I learn, you'll learn. Uh, I will share with you what I learn, and vice versa. So um, I know for a fact that I don't have everything nailed down on my on my example or description of how blockchain works. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best so that we can all learn together. <laughs> so check that out. Go to uh, wordslingerpodcast.com. Click on the uh, show notes for this episode. You can find that link. But it is bit.ly slash 147-blockchain. 147 is the episode number. So check that out. Um, if you were interested in the previous story, by the way, it would be 147-bezos. So go check that out. Um, now, third and final story of the day. Amazon wins first arbitration. Now, last week, you heard me talk about this a little, or uh, in, the, in the past couple weeks, you've heard me mention this a little. Amazon uh, filed for arbitration back in September 2017 against at least five authors and businesses accused of violating Amazon's uh, terms of service and essentially scamming the system to make quite a bit of money. Uh, Amazon has won the first of these arbitrations against a British business owner. Amazon has asked the court to enter the judgment in line with the uh, January award issued by American Arbitration Association. Jake Dryer, the UK business owner um, in question here, is ordered to pay damages after arbitration determined after arbitration determined that he knowingly manipulated KDP, violating their terms of service. Dylan uh, Dryan's uh, not Dylan. It's Dryan. Dryan's business uh, was they were doing some crazy stuff, uh, including publishing duplicates of books. Uh, already published on the service and uh, creating bots that would increase their page read so that they could uh, basically take advantage of Amazon's, uh, the KDP Select uh, fund, the global fund, um, and the payout per page read. So uh, I'm glad to see this is happening. Um, all this stuff that, that uh, Dryan was doing definitely violated the terms of service. He definitely deserves to be... Uh, uh, penalized for this financially. Uh, the, it's interesting that Amazon's going through arbitration for this stuff. Uh, it is part of their actual terms of service that they would seek arbitration before uh, court filings. And now that they have this uh, arbitration has has awarded them, uh, whatever the amount is, um, now they can go and file um, in court to make sure that there's some legal document that says that Dryan's on the hook for this. Uh, so... Basically, arbitration comes creates the agreement. Uh, Dryan says, okay, I'm willing to pay this much. Uh, the arbitration is then uh, complete. The, the, you know, their decision is agreed upon as final by both parties. And then they go to court uh, just to file to make sure that legally um, all these things can be upheld. So uh, it is interesting. I'm glad to see Amazon doing this. Amazon actually needs to start cracking down on this stuff. And I know, and don't let, let's not fool ourselves. Um, Amazon is not doing this for the authors. This is not meant to be a salve for author woes. What this actually is, is Amazon is uh, protecting its customers because these scam artists that are out there, um, they're diluting the pool of, of good work, you know, the books that are available for readers to pick up. Uh, there's a, uh, there would be an uptick in reader disappointment if they keep purchasing a, a, a new book and discovering it's something they already have. That would be a problem. If they're purchasing books that are just complete garbage with um, 
garbage content, nonsense content, um, that's problematic. Um, now, these guys have set up systems where they don't necessarily need a customer to even uh, purchase the book or download the book because they're they're scamming it in other ways. They're scamming it with bots and that sort of thing. So uh, they can put any garbage they want up there because it's not about attracting readers. <clears throat> they don't even have to market this stuff. It's about uh, just literally just gaming the system, which is a violation of Amazon's terms of service. So it's good to see them cracking down on this. So that's it. That's it. that. Those are the news segments for this week. Um, let me know what you think of this stuff. Go to wordslingerpodcast.com. Hit the contact button. A um, couple of things you can let me know while you're there. You can tell me if uh, you're getting anything out of these news segments. Tell me what you're. Tell me what you're liking and what's working for you in the show. Um, suggest news stories uh, if you've heard of something. Uh, I'm open to that. Um, and. Uh, you know, let me know uh, your feedback on any of the news stories you hear on the show. So this is just one segment, uh, and I keep thinking about ways. I, I'm try- I will improve the show over time. You know me, man. I'm, I'm, I've got the iterative process down. Uh, I love it, and I apply it to everything in my life. So uh, you reach out, and you let me know what you think. Now, this show, of course, is brought to you in part by draft to digital uh, where you can convert, publish, and distribute your books worldwide with support the whole way. Uh, if you don't mind, you can help me out if you go to drafttodigital.com slash wordslinger to sign up for your account. And I get a little kickback for a year. I get a kickback on any uh, books you sell. Uh, and no money comes out of your pocket. I take a I take 10% of Amazon Am, not Amazon's draft to digital's <laughs> cut <laughs> on uh, your book. So draft to digital makes, you know, like a 15% cut. They make 10%. It comes out to about 15% of your royalty when uh, you factor in the money that goes to the the sales channel. Um, and then I get 10% of that cut. So that Amazon's I mean uh I don't know why I keep saying Amazon draft to digital is paying me 10% of each of your book sales and you get to keep uh, your entire uh, royalty. Otherwise everything, everything beyond the uh, cut that draft to digital gets. Um, see, the thing is Amazon, it keeps coming up because I, I had three stories that didn't mention Amazon. So they're in my brain now. That's the way Amazon gets you. <laughs> But uh, go check out Draft to Digital. Of course, I'm the director of marketing. Of course, I'm going to say nice things about them, but don't take my word for it. Go Google it. Google Draft to Digital and customer support and uh, see what comes up for you. Ask anybody who's published through us. Uh, you're going to find a lot of happy customers. Uh, everything we do is free for you. Everything that we do for you is free. You can do ebook conversion. You can do uh, worldwide distribution. Uh, you can convert your book for print. All that stuff's free. So. Go check it out. I'm, I'm yeah, crazy not to. Uh, okay, now uh, you can also help this show out by subscribing to it on iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere that your fine podcasts are sold. Uh, you can also check the show out on YouTube if you prefer to watch your uh, interviews. and uh, Or if you're a YouTube Red subscriber, of course, you can listen to the show uh, with your phone uh, screen off, that sort of thing. Some benefits there. So <laughs> go check that out. Subscribe and share. I really appreciate it. Go find the show on iTunes and leave a review. That's where you can uh, help me uh, reach new readers and uh, you know increase my discoverability. Leave a review, five, four or five stars, and tell people the, the things you love about the show. That will really help. And um, 
check out Wordslinger Press. This is uh, this is new. I'm adding to it constantly. I'm hoping I'm going to have a lot more material over the course of the year. Uh, we got a couple of books up there now. But uh, Wordslinger Press is where you're going to find books that are aimed at the indie author to help you build and grow your indie author business. Um, <clears throat> it's really just a way for me to distill the stuff that I am uh, putting out there and saying to the uh, saying publicly or whatever, and putting it in a format that you can read on your Kindle or other ebook device. Um, so I keep the prices pretty low on these books. Uh, you'll find them cheaper. You're going to find them cheaper on Wordslinger Press on the WordslingerPodcast.com. Than you will uh, elsewhere. So go check that out. Um, you can find them anywhere, but this is where you're going to find it's the cheapest. <laughs> so, and I'm going to be making improvements to that too. I've had some complaints about the the setup there. So uh, I listen. I'm a good listener. Uh, I'm just, uh, you know, I got to get around to it. Um, all right, that's it. We're at a minute four. I'm going to go ahead and wrap us up. I appreciate you tuning in for another week of the Words on Your Podcast. Uh, lots of huge positive things happening in the world, uh, in my world right now. And I know I'm going to see that happening in the world at large. I'm going to go out and I'm going to be the, uh, to, to, uh, paraphrase. I'm going to, I'm going to be the change I want to see in the world. That's not paraphrasing. I think it's exactly what it needs to be said. Uh, and I hope you will too. Um, so take care of yourselves. God bless each of you. I'll see you all next week.